it's Luke. What can the Diamondbacks accomplish in this year's spring training slate? We'll be live from Salt River Fields getting you ready for D-backs Rangers. We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Didn't play a lot of four quarters this couple of weeks. So I want to, <laughs> couldn't get a cold, you know, with my ankle. So I said, Frank, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm not going to give you a reason to sub me out. <laughs> so, but give him credit. He trusted me, even in some sloppy turnovers. And, you know, you don't want to turn over, but, you know, my attention was good. So, but didn't cost us a win, which is great. So Yusef Nurkic after the Suns win yesterday against the LA Lakers. Five o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo show. Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo today, and we do want to update real quick. I uh, got a text from Gambo that uh, his uh, stepson. How's Q doing? Uh, out well, there? I, I just got the one at bat. He got a he got a walk, and I he's like starting in center field. So Gambo's taking the day off, uh, and I used to do this all the time with my son when he was playing baseball to to go watch his stepson making his uh, high school baseball debut. So Gambo will awesome. be back tomorrow. It's, yeah, he'll probably take a couple more days off over the course of Q's baseball season to go watch him play because it's tough. You know, it's like this is when yeah, the high school games the, are like right in the, the drive time here yeah, in the afternoon. That's yeah, exactly when the games him, are. Yeah. yeah. So Jody's filling in for Gambo and that was Yusef Nurkic and the keyword there. It was funny. Like I've been given coach a lot of reasons to take me off the floor in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I wanted to give him a reason to keep me on the floor in the fourth quarter. But trust is kind of the word I wanted to focus on a little bit here because Yesterday in the Suns win, and it was their first win since the All-Star break. They lost those two terribly disappointing games against Dallas and Houston last week. Um, what you saw yesterday was, I don't want to call it rare, but it really stood out just looking at the box score and watching the game. It was everybody. It was Royce O'Neal. It was Yusef Nurkic. It was Bol Bol. It was Grayson Allen. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Devin Booker was fine, um, but didn't have like a classic Devin Booker game. Even Durant after the game kind of said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, I, 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 Got to trust the guys more. Got to got to get the yeah. ball out of my hands a little bit more. And and I was watching that game yesterday, thinking one, I think this is when the Suns are the best version of themselves when they're when the ball's popping and they're moving. Not necessarily when they got five guys scoring twenty, because I don't know how often that's going to happen. But I do want to see the ball moving. And number two, I just wonder, come playoff time. Will the Devin Bookers and the Kevin Durants of the world feel that same level of, okay, Grayson, you got the shot, shoot it. You, you know? said it, trust. Trust. Okay, Royce, trust you got the shot, shoot it, right? Yeah. Like we're, because that's, if this is truly going to work, I think they have to have that trust in those guys to do that in that moment, you know? Yeah, and they needed those guys, especially with Beal out, Gordon was out. I mean, and and they delivered. I think that's the key is you earn the trust. We saw guys definitely earning that trust. Now, we know what Grayson Allen's all about and how he's fit in here, and they have needed every bit of Grayson Allen. I mean, I I was asking you in the break. I'm like, where, think about where they'd be maybe without. It was a very good acquisition. A right? very good acquisition. Um, and But then, you know, Royce O'Neal's pretty new. But, you know, there's that the call of the dagger in the— dagger for the Lakers, right? He took some big shots. He plays great defense. He takes threes. He makes threes. Keep doing that, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, Bull Bull, you know, he's been a very solid role player. They have needed him lately. So I think for me, it's even when Beal comes back, can these guys still be the best version of, uh, or can they be the best version of the Suns with these role players executing the way that they do? And where that 
helps is in so many ways. I mean, to me, if you're not forcing the ball to Durant and Booker, yeah. somehow it always seems to equal less turnovers. Um, I think that trust, you use that word trust, that's so important. And and again, I, I think it makes sense that maybe it's happening now because we are near the end of the season. If it's not going to happen now, it's not going to happen. The, the, and trust is a two-way street. And and it it goes both ways. And, and if there are these moments where you know Grace and Allen's, I it, they can have a bad game when they can too, have right? a bad game, right? <laughs> well, Grace and Allen's not shooting the ball well, or Eric Gordon's not shooting the ball well, and and it, it, but it does. And this is a really like over generalization of the situation, but it does seem like in these moments when the Suns' offense kind of bogs down a little bit, right? That's when the ISO ball kicks in of Kevin Durant. Like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this basketball. Devin Booker, I'm going to shoot this basketball. And then, like you say, the turnovers kick in because it's Durant trying to force something or Devin Booker trying to. It's we've they've they've played fifty something games so far this season, and I think by now the eye test of what it's supposed to look like when it's working right. I think by now we've seen enough of it to know what that looks like and to know yeah. what it doesn't look like. And what it doesn't look like is one guy handling the ball, nobody else touches it, seven or eight seconds go off the clock, and that one guy gets up the shot. You know, and right. it, I say that we're talking about two of the best scorers in the NBA right now in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They've got the ability to score almost at will. But is that the best version of the Phoenix Suns? Is that them at their best when it's just one guy, one possession, he's the only one who touches? I, I don't think that's the best version of themselves where yesterday, I just love it. 32 assists and 44 made shots. Sign me up for that every yeah. single game, it Jody. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Um, the other thing that's interesting to me, and this, I mean, we did talk about this. This is not news, but they're playing Houston again and then again. Yeah. So that's I mean <laughs> And I don't like and I don't like that. I don't, I don't like I, I don't like this new back to back thing where you play the same team, you know, they hang out in the city and you play another game. At yeah, least I like, think I don't know if that's No, new. that's not what's happening. I think that might be the next time they play Houston that's gonna be happening. But that's Yeah, they're not, playing them like Houston's playing here Thursday and Saturday. Saturday and they're both so, here. And so that's yeah. Okay, that's so that three one, out of four games against the I Rockets. Hate that. I hate that. I don't like it either, but they better take advantage of it. Well, I mean, I, I they already missed an opportunity in that other game. Yeah, I would have hated it more if they had almost if they had beaten the Rockets the first time around because it's really hard to beat a team three times. You know, when you play them in in that kind of a compressed schedule. Um, well, I, look, I, I I'm hoping Bradley Beal gets back and stays back because I I think that to me, you know, this guy's a key, that guy's a key. Bradley Beal's ability to to be that kind of outlet when because we're seeing defenses, man, they're sending guys at Devin Booker every single time he touches the ball. They're sending guys at Kevin Durant every single time he touches the ball. The ball should naturally find its way out of that to open guys. Right. Um, I think Bradley Beal has a chance to continue to be that open guy, and if he can if he can drain his shots, and then even he can move the ball to Grayson Allen. It's this guy trust it. They got to trust that it's going to be there, and that can be hard sometimes if they go five or six possessions where it's not working, and and you almost you can almost feel the antsiness set in, right? Like, okay, hey, we really need a bucket. 
I'm going to go get us one. Yeah. And when thing. that it's crazy, the more you want it, the harder it is to seem to get right when that pressure's on to make a play. And yeah. so when it what we saw yesterday and I think what you're alluding to is like when it's just flowing naturally, it is so much better. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals top brass there in Indianapolis getting ready to watch some prospects at the scouting combine. Who are they going to get to see do what? And does one guy have it so locked away that he doesn't need to do anything at the combine? That's next on the Burns and Yambo Show with Jody filling in. It's Jared, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about a bunch of top athletes running around in their underpants. I'm, of course, referring to the new baseball uniforms. No, but we will talk about the Diamondbacks and the NFL Combine. Bickley and Murata, 6 a.m. On the morning show, we're going to talk about... <laughs> You're whispering. We're gonna talk. And about. then he got. Then he got into his normal Jared. Voice. Yeah, and then he was Jared he after just that. Got worried there for a minute. I didn't know where he was going there. Uh, Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Last week, speaking of the morning show, Monty Austin Fort was uh, one of many guests as part of Newsmakers Week, and what he said was, "Look, when it comes to." Well, we're never going to bat a thousand when it comes to the draft. But for us, the most important part of the pie is. I'd love to sit here and tell you that I'm I'm going to bat a thousand, you know, from draft picks, and it's just not reality. There's just it's just not going to happen. And so, you know, I think with with anything, um, we always talk about it is any player evaluation that we're trying to do. It's it's a it's a pie, right? And so there's a bunch of different things that go into each piece of that pie. And I'd say the vast majority of that is always going to go back to the game tape. Okay, and so that. Ultimately, it's going to go back to, hey, what does this guy do when he's actually playing football? Well, it would seem that if Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the pick for the Cardinals, Jody, that's all they're going to have to go off of outside of maybe an interview that they get at the Combine or maybe afterwards because Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, will meet with teams but is not going to do the drills at the Combine. Now, it, it goes even further than that. He's literally not training for the combine he's not training for ohio state's pro day he's not gonna probably won't test at ohio state's pro day either according to the reports that have surfaced he and like ohio state's top training guru are training for him to get ready for the season for the football season he's not like a lot of these guys, they will train to run the best forty-yard dash they can. Oh they yeah, will, you know, you know. For right? years, there's been a you know. I used to do stories years ago at um, over by ASU where Weather Up is now, where the and the athletes' performance. Yes. I, I was blanking on the name, and oh, I would do. It was great because. And back at that time on the network, we had a lot of programming and we could do stories on whatever we wanted. And I mean, there'd be guys coming in from all across the country, draft, you know, guys that were entering the draft from all the schools and they would all train over there and yep. training for the combine. Yep. So, yeah, Marvin, you know, not how training do you feel to be better it? football players, but training faster, to be better yeah, combine specifically for athletes. Those drills. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And I, I remember because I remember watching, okay, cone drill and other, these are the things they were doing. And, it's interesting to me because that's been the standard and that's kind of the establishment, right? Like we're going to have a combine, you're invited, you need to do these drills and guys do it. So I don't know. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about him not doing any of that? Well, I I thought, and I still do think that there's, 
there's nothing he can do or not do to change his status as the first non-quarterback taken in the draft. Now, I don't know where that's going to happen. Is it going to be three with the Patriots? Is it going to be four with the Cardinals? I don't know. But I don't think I don't think there's anything that can happen between now and the draft to enhance his draft position or jeopardize his draft position. Now, I not everybody feels that way. And a longtime listener of our show sent me a tweet from, I think it was Lance Zierlein of NFL.com, who suggested, and I don't buy this for a second, but whatever, that Malik Neighbors has a chance to pass Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff going on out there, right? Like different things. I have seen, I heard someone talking on... Out of the NFL radio on Sirius or whatever, I was like, I heard, I heard them talking up neighbors, uh, like he was going to be ahead of Harrison Jr. I have not heard anything like that from the people that uh, that you typically hear say. from. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you just the evaluators have said. Now, look, I I think there's really good depth in this first round for wide receivers. Clearly, I mean, oh, yeah, clearly. neighbors, um, and of course Marvin Harrison Jr. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and again, that goes back to, it's not really what you or I think of it. It's what, you know, a team like the Cardinals thinks of it. How do they feel about that? They're going to get to talk to him, which is great. And you get to learn a little bit more about him, which I'm sure, again, having a father who played at such a high level and then you're at Ohio State and and everybody, everything's out there. Like, there's nothing really, there probably aren't a lot of things that they're wondering about Marvin Harrison Jr. that they don't already know. Right. But, you know, there could be some things, and they'll get to speak with him. But I guess I wonder how they feel about it as far as he's not going to be at the pro day. He's not going to be, you know, again, the combine isn't always something that guys do, but they usually do run at their pro day. I, I mean, some some might ding him for saying, what, you don't want to compete? You don't want to get out there and fight? You don't want to get out there and show or everybody why? what you want? I guess want? the question but is But then why? there's the why. I mean, if like if I'm Mar- and Marvin Harrison Jr., for what it's worth, it sounds like he doesn't even have an agent. Like he's Which just is really interesting. He's just going into this almost as if saying everything you need to know about me as a football player, you're not going to learn at a combine and I don't need an agent handling my stuff. I know I'm going to be the first non quarterback drafted. Now, again, there are others. And I think it was Matt Miller. And if you guys, I know there's a couple of Matt Miller cuts in the file here, but I think there's another one from Matt Miller when he was on Wolf and Luke in which he talked about hearing that Malik Neighbors might actually go before Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can find that for me, I'd like to play it because it, it, uh, I had a report several NFL teams think Neighbors is the best receiver in this class because he fits their scheme better, right? And so I think that's going to be what it comes down to is what do you need? What are you looking for at the wide receiver position? All three of these guys can be a wide receiver one. It just depends on, on what you're looking for at that exact position because you know they're they're pretty scheme fluid. But if you need you know six foot four with a catch radius, you know like a pterodactyl, that's Marvin Harrison. If you need yards after catch, that's Malik Neighbors. Interesting. And so the, the, and Matt Miller's a pretty good NFL draft guy. Now, I, yeah. Another one, Daniel Jeremiah did a draft preview Zoom call last week, and he said, "Look, positional." Positional value aside, if you're going to ask me who I think the best three players in this draft are, I might tell you it's the three wide receivers. Right. Like, just take positional <laughs> value and throw it out the window. I think they're more of a sure thing. And and, and say it's it's Marvin Harrison Jr., it's Roma Dunze, 
and it's Malik Neighbors. Those might be the best one, two, three players in this draft. They're all number one wide receivers. But everybody needs a quarterback. Yeah, but everybody needs <laughs> a quarterback. And if you don't have one, you need one. Positional value yeah, matters. It uh, does. So, so you asked me from the Cardinal standpoint, I, I don't think, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is making an, a, a very wise, just somewhat unusual decision not to do any running at all, not to do any either combine work or pro day work at all, almost as if he's kind of brashly letting it be known. Yeah. Hey, I got this. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to go run a 40. I don't need to go run a cone drill. If Malik neighbors does something, it is pro day that could he possibly jump ahead, jump ahead by, well, Hey, look what I just ran. Look what I just did at my pro day. Is there going to be some talk about him moving? I doubt it, but this is silly season when it comes yeah. like the draft rumors, right? And sometimes teams can trick themselves a little bit into overthinking this and going, oh, but look at that 40 time he ran. Look at this, you know? I, that scheme, I don't know. That that soundbite that was played, I mean, the problem is Marvin Harrison Jr. has a lot of skills yes. and a lot of talent. I I'm not drafting a guy, okay, this other guy fits my scheme better. I think I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is also capable of getting yards after the catch. If you know what, if maybe I you mean, need a better scheme. If I, I'm like, yeah, if Marvin like, Harrison Jr. doesn't fit your scheme, maybe, maybe. you need a better scheme. I if think you, you don't have a spot for him. You mean you did? There's you can't run it off. Maybe where he they can just help? wanted us to talk about that comment, <laughs> and we are obliging. Maybe that's I, the world we live in. I don't know. Call I, me crazy, but I, you know, and and that's no disrespect to Malik Neighbors, but no. He, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is is the top wide receiver in the draft. Um, he Marvin or Malik Neighbors will do interviews at the combine this week. He won't run or test until his pro day on March 27th. Roma Dunze from Washington will run and will test this week in Indy. So again, does he put up numbers where you go, hey, you know what? On second thought, I'd rather have Roma Dunze. Then I don't think so. I want to watch Roma Dunze and Michael Penix together. They are so electric. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, again, they've poured through all the tape. I have confidence that the scouts, evaluators, everybody that's watching these guys, and of course, these guys are prime first, early first round picks. That I the tape doesn't lie. The tape is showing you what you need to know. It's not, of course, it's it's apples to oranges with NFL talent, but um, the non football stuff. Yeah, and and I think you agree. It's the way it's been for years. Is like it goes back to Anquan Bolden, who couldn't run very fast for by wide receiver standards, and was one of the best Cardinals of all time. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now? When we come back, there was a big. Big difference for the Suns in their win over the Lakers. Surely you caught it, right? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Wolf. Outside of wide receiver, which position should we be watching for at the NFL Combine for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll tell you tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Uh, yeah, he's been great. Um, it was awesome kind of looking back to earlier in the season when he wasn't getting as much of a chance, him to stay ready and keep working, and now he's taking full advantage of it. Um, he's playing great basketball. He's 
really helping us out a lot um, on the boards, offensively being another weapon that can score in the paint and that kind of attack on slashes and drives. Um, and he's knocking down three, so um, he does a little bit of everything out there. He's really helping. As Grayson Allen talking about Bol Bol, who over his last two games is averaging about 18 points per game. He's shooting over 60%. Uh, he's shooting like 43% from three. Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo here on Burns and Gambo. And after the Suns win against the LA Lakers, which was their first win since the All-Star break, they lost those two disappointing games in Texas. Um, you know, outside of the disappointment of watching those two games, the big, I think, thing to come out of the first three games they've played since the All-Star break is how Bol Bol has and continues to cement himself in a place where Frank Volt, you gotta play him. <laughs> I mean, you, you like, right? Like it was, it was, it, it, it it's like this weird character arc where he kind of started and he was this curiosity and this YouTube fascination. And then we saw him play a few games here and a few games there. Oh, he's kind of intriguing. Is Bol Bol going to play tonight? intriguing, yeah. Right, like he would come in and I went to a game. <laughs> which game was it? I think it was the Milwaukee game, Jody, I went to. And just the sight of him getting up off the bench and taking off his warm-ups to check into the game, there was like this buzz that just rippled through the crowd. You could, yeah. oh, here he comes, here he comes. We get to see him. <laughs> Well, something's happened over the last couple of weeks. He's gone from YouTube sensation, curiosity, buzz ripples through the building when he comes in to like a legitimate contributor to the Phoenix Suns to the point where at this point, if you're going to say, put together your best eight man, nine man rotation for the postseason, how is Bobo not in that for Frank Vogel? Doesn't he have to be in that now? Especially what we've seen. I mean, Houston was 25 points and 14 boards. Yep. Yep. And he's shooting, like you said, is I think the shooting percentage was even higher over the when you combine the Rockets game and the Laker game. I'm um, just making sure, checking the notes here. But yeah, I mean, he's been shooting the ball well. Like 60% from the floor, I think. I like, mean, he's, just, he's given the team a huge lift. And uh, let's see, against the Lakers, right? He had a couple blocks as well. Um, 24 minutes off the bench. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, the role players on this team took center stage, which is kind of, you know, contradictory. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah. But it worked out really well in that Laker game, especially because when you think about it, going into the game, you know, the Suns, it was the fifth matchup against L.A., which mm-hmm. is also kind of weird. Yeah. But they had only won one, so they were one and three going into it. And I know the one they won, they kind of dominated Bradley Beal was in that game, had a good game. So you're kind of like, okay, they don't have Beal... So who's going to step up? What's going to happen here? And, you know, you know, Book and Katie were all right. Not tremendous shooting the ball. And all these other guys stepped up, and Bull Bull was a big part of that. Yeah, and um, Grayson Allen played well. Obviously, Royce O'Neal, it was, it was nice to see this this crazy, great, balanced scoring effort. I, I just think that Bull Bull has, has evolved. Now, it's a great... Look, the schedule is a great test for all of them. The schedule is a great test for us to see how prepared this team is for the postseason when it, and we'll learn a lot about this team, a lot about this team over the next month. They play Oklahoma City twice. They play Boston twice. They play Denver twice. They, they still play the Clippers twice before the end of the season. The schedule is daunting, but it's also a really good test. 
for Frank Vogel to to show to Bo Bowl. All right, go out there and let's see how you do against this good competition. I'm gonna at this yeah. point, there is no reason to not give Bowl Bowl. 12 to 15 to 18 minutes per night. There's just no reason not to with how he's played. The I mean that that in in I I watched that game Friday against Houston. He was playing so hard. I mean like so exerting himself physically so much on Friday night that Frank Vogel had to get him out of the game in the fourth quarter just to give him a blow for like yeah. 90 seconds knowing full well he was going to put him back in there and and so like how that's how you know a bench player is having a special night when it's like I need you on the floor in the final moments of this close game and Bol Bol had earned that. I think from here on out until further notice, he gets the kind of minutes that we're talking about until he proves that he's not worth that. Yeah. And as long as he keeps playing the way he is, it, it looks like he's carved himself out some playoff time, which I never, Jody, I swear. If you'd give me a list of you things at the beginning, no, like if you'd give me a list of things at the beginning of the season, and you say these are the things that are going to happen this year to the Phoenix Suns, you got to tell me we're talking about Bull Bull getting no. playoff minutes when we're now, twenty-four games away we are from a the month playoffs. Away, yeah, Burnsy, so yeah, I don't know where things are going to stand when heading into the playoffs. I hope he's still playing like this. Okay, I hope he is. I just don't know. I don't know, but either. I'll tell you what I was. I didn't. I was a little upset when I heard the comments from Shaq. Was it against about Bull Bull? Yeah, he's I didn't lazy. like. I didn't yeah, like that. I didn't like that. Look, it's not. I understand. It's taken him. He's had a path. He hasn't been a guy that has carved a place. Yeah. Okay. He's trying to do that here, but not everybody. Not everybody can carve that place uh, quite as quickly as some of the other guys in the NBA. It's not a linear journey, right? No, and, and it, you yeah. know what? It is what it is. So I, I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping he can continue. You know, the other thing about that game, and this is kind of off topic of of Bowl Bowl, but look, I was I was watching. They scored 45 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was 45 to 28. It's the most points they scored in a quarter <laughs> all year, right? Yeah. And then I'm and and you just know it's the game of basketball. Okay, I was I used to cover the Suns um, doing sideline and post game years ago um, during the years that Steve Nash and those guys were there. 07, 08, 09, and in that in that period of time. But um, you know, it's gonna. Okay, I, I was ready for a letdown mm-hmm. because that's just how basketball goes. It's the ebb and the flow. Yeah. It's and you know these are two quality teams. You know the Lakers are not a pushover by any means. But the, at one point the game ninety two ninety is that yeah. so? I mean the other thing the Suns showed me and and that would have been a horrible collapse. Although look again first quarter is just the beginning in basketball, but they. They had a little bit of adversity there. They had to check themselves. They had maybe, a, hopefully, they had a moment where they could have had a crisis of confidence and fallen apart, and they didn't. Yeah. And I liked that about yesterday's game. And that was not just Bull Bull. That was everybody. That was Nurkic. Obviously, we're talking about Bull Bull had the big performance in Houston. They didn't win that game. It was not a good game from the team. But that, to me, showed something as a team. And that's something that they have got to do down for these last 24 games is when they when the other team starts creeping back in or whatever the moment is is that they find a way to put the hammer down and go forward. Yeah. That was that was a big talking point during the halftime show uh on ABC yesterday with Will Bond and Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A Smith they were talking about the Suns as a team that 
it's very hard. Here's that word again, trust. It's very hard to trust them when they have a lead. You know, and it's the NBA, like you say, teams go on runs, and with a three-point shot, a team can get get themselves back into a game very, very quickly. But the Suns have proven this year, unfortunately, that with a lead like that, it is. It's it's hard. Yeah. So it happened against Houston on Friday night, right? Like they were that game could have gone either way. And instead the Suns allowed Houston to hang in it and they built confidence and they got it. And once they did, the Suns could not stem that tide at all. We'll see about Bobo. And we gotta shout out Nurk too, because he, you know, he was the, unbelievable. He was yeah, unbelievable. He was Twenty-two really rebounds. He was he was just putting his shoulder in Anthony Davis's <laughs> chest the whole game, playing with a brand of physicality. I know we all get enamored with small ball from the Suns, and I do it too because it's a really flashy lineup that can put up points in a hurry. Man, there is something so much fundamentally better about the Suns when Nurk is playing like that, when he's attacking the boards the way he was, when he's assisting the basketball the way he was. He can be such a good passer out of the post when Booker's preoccupied with a double team or Kevin Durant's preoccupied. Get the ball to Nurk. He makes usually... Makes really good decisions when yeah, passing. He, he kind of makes the, the whole thing go when it's when it's rolling. Yes. He's a big part of that, no doubt. When we come back, uh, are the Arizona Cardinals flexing on the rest of the NFL? Is it working? We'll talk about that next with Jody filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we're going to watch this evening. It's brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches to serve you. To find the one closest to you, go to globalcu.org or become a member today by going to globalcu.org. Uh, Jody, filling in for Gambo locally. Nothing's on tonight. I know. I was going to say, I don't think, and it, it's so cool that like all these MLB games are going on because I, you know, I enjoy spring training, even though not all the big names are playing every day. But yeah, there's nothing going on tonight. Huh? No, not locally. Coyotes. Miami's playing basketball. My Miami Hurricanes are losing to North Carolina. You're going to watch that tonight? Mm, what is it? Half over. So yeah, probably nah, not by the time you not. get home. I'll just wait and see what happens. Let me, see if let me check just, it later. Let me just see if there's any NBA scores on tonight. Any NBA games on that would impact the Suns? Miami Heat are taking on the Sacramento Kings what tonight. Is it actually, the Coyotes. Wait, why am I blanking on this? Is what? it Coyotes tonight or no, not? No. Oh, okay, tomorrow. No. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Don't uh, forget, just because they're in Montreal, they would be underway already. They'll be underway. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah. No, they're tomorrow night. 12 okay. games in a row they've lost. Uh, uh, at least they got a point yesterday. I was really pleased with the point. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you kind of change your. <laughs> your uh, ideals and your goals, you know, when you haven't had a point in 11, then you get a point and you're happy. There so. was a story over the weekend. I think it was from Pierre Lebrun on the athletic website. And we didn't bring it up. We didn't get a chance to get to it. But Bill Armstrong was quoted in the story. Oh, the Coyotes will be sellers at the deadline. There was It was yeah. pretty clear from Bill's comments. Like, yeah, pretty clear. They kind of dropped out of it. You know, they were right there hovering not that long ago. I went on the road trip to Florida Tampa, Carolina, and they and they lost all three, and it was kind of the start of all this. But those mm-hmm. are three really, really good teams. Yeah, and so I, you know, I was like, okay, that was a bad trip, but it's not the end of the world. And they were kind of hovering there, a point or two out of that wild card, and then as this thing has gone on, it's just it's they just- are just not in it. And so now we'll see Bill, you know, do what he needs to do, and he'll get some assets back, yep. and then you know, and. 
Guys, you know, if Nick Bukestad wants to come back again next year, <laughs> he gets traded, he comes back. The door's know. open. Come on back, Nick. <laughs> he's, um, he's a great dude. It's not on tonight, but you and I just both got a text from the guy who normally sits in that chair. Corona got the win over Chandler tonight in JV baseball. All right. Way to go, Gambo's, Gambo's son making his uh, his high school debut. That's why Gambo's out today. So so much fun. Congratulations. It is fun. That's a close game. 5-4. Yeah, five, four. Four. yeah we, I went through that with my kid. You're about to go through that with your son as he's playing uh, uh College football for Western New Mexico. Western next year. New Mexico, yeah, yeah. So. Silver City, New Mexico. Congratulations! By the way, some great hiking out there. So really? you just have to drive four and a half hours. Go see, go see your son play some and football, some and hiking. I go hiking. And and <laughs> we just need a better buzz over there. <laughs> we've, we've got demands here on on Burns and Gamble. I'm not sure there's a Starbucks there. Okay. Um, There's a is, place without a Starbucks? I mean, I did go when I was there in November. <laughs> you should have seen. Okay, even with my reading glasses on, the look the look on Lauren's face was like, why would anybody want to go anywhere that didn't have a Starbucks? Was that the look? Lauren, was that the look I'm I was seeing? I'm telling you, it was kind of weird. And and unless I missed something, I did not see one. I did go to the downtown. The downtown's very, it's known for like, it's kind of, um, but it's by no means as big as Flagstaff, but it has a feel of like there's arts, there's there's some okay. um, there's some art galleries, there's some cute stuff downtown, and there was a coffee shop. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a very nice coffee shop. Even in the grocery store, there wasn't one. I didn't I didn't really explore everything in the yeah, two okay. days that I was there, but Connor will get to explore okay, well, all good, of it. Good luck, Connor. Good luck. Good good luck <laughs> to you. And if you need cow, if you need coffee, I'm sure there's somewhere you can go uh, to get that. Luckily, he doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, it's yeah. too bad because that's a terrible, terrible thing to be addicted to. I have three cups every morning. Um, I, I we we talked about this earlier in the show. It's not a bad thing. It's not a, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just an it's just an interestingly curious thing that the Arizona Cardinals social media team does. And and look, we're, we we learned a couple of years ago our lesson with Kyler Murray when it comes to, oh, this, or we're doing it now with Justin Fields in Chicago. Oh, yeah, He's he took the, he unfollowed his account. He unfollowed, well, he unfollowed the Chicago them, Bears. And then he went on a podcast and said, look, I just didn't want to see them on my yeah. timeline. His Don't dog, take it personally. He's got an Instagram account for his dog and his dog unfollowed the Chicago Bears. <laughs> So, so he might have been he gotta protect the, the algorithm at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gambo. Gambo making an appearance on the show today. So we, look, not social media is not the end all be all, and who knows what games are being played on social media. But it was, and I, like it, it caught my, and I wasn't the only one whose attention it caught today. And I just don't understand what prompted the Kyler Murray tweet today from the Cardinals. It was, and it was either prefaced or right after it was sent out. Adam Schefter sent out a tweet. Arizona continues to stand squarely behind Kyler Murray. And it was a tweet of a, three different pictures of Kyler Murray playing quarterback. And it just said, our franchise QB. And I'm glad they're standing behind him. I just, I wonder what prompted their feeling to feel like they had to remind everybody Hey, we're good. We got our guy. We're set. We're fine. Because I don't <laughs> yeah. think anybody thinks to the contrary, other than there was a report over the weekend that suggested perhaps the Cardinals were doing some intense scouting on Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. Seems very unlikely that they'd take a quarterback. I mean, look, they've Seems scouted. very unlikely. Sure, they right? scouted everyone. That's their job. Okay. But, you know, the only thing I can think of it is it's the combines coming up. So is it? 
you know, I the only thing that I can think is that just are they flexing like we have a quarterback? You don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I know. I, maybe I, I, we have a franchise quarterback. Flex. I, I, I don't also know. Uh, maybe. I also think it could be what you said just a second ago, like the combines coming up. And before silly season begins with all of these rumors, we just want to remind everybody we're good. We have our quarterback. So you see mock drafts that tie us to this guy, or you see a report that suggests we're doing heavy scouting on that guy. Just to let everyone know, we've got our guy. Which is funny, though, because in this all these years, it's like you don't have to let anyone know anything. No, I mean you don't. Like, no. are you? Would you be fooling anyone to play coy? Like, oh, we don't know. We might need a quarterback. Like, no, because they've already come out and said that he's our guy and we love him. Jonathan Gannon literally told you guys on this show, "I love that guy." Yep, he's not. He's our franchise quarterback. Yep. So and now, a year from now, we'll see what happens. A year from now, we'll see what kind of season Kyler Murray has when he's had a full, healthy off season and a full year under Drew Petzing. Might be a different deal a year from now. I don't know. Jody, as always, Bernsey, you rock. Thanks for Thank having you for me. filling in. We Laura appreciate Mitch. it. Gamble will be back fun. tomorrow. We're live from Salt River Fields. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.